Hello and welcome to another episode of the Wisdom of Friends podcast. Thank Thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. This is a podcast where you get to learn more about your friends and community, their wisdom, their trials and tribulations, timeless insights and their secrets. Now, let's get into the show. Please welcome your host, Cal Aras. Hello, uh, folks, and welcome to Season 3 of uh, Wisdom of Friends. I'm your host, Cal Ross. And today, I'm really excited to be introducing you to a very dear friend of mine. Her name is Stephanie Armstrong. Now, Stephanie is a coach specializing in working with moms and teens, helping families come of age together. She has walked through her own fires and has inspired hundreds of women with a radical transparency about her experiences. As a former it girl who seemingly had it all but was secretly crumbling on the inside, she knows the heavy burden of teenage years and perfectionism and also knows the joy that comes from discovering the whole self. After realizing that her experiences could help others, Stephanie began speaking in schools and conferences around the country. She has since spoken to over 200,000 teen girls parents and experts about self-esteem and body image, among other important issues for women and girls. Her formal training includes a master's degree in executive leadership from the University of San Diego and coaching training with the Coactive Institute. Friends, this is a fascinating conversation uh, where Stephanie talks about a journey from corporate America to becoming a coach, and starting her own nonprofit organization, The Heart of Leadership. This episode's been filled with a lot of golden nuggets. I hope you enjoyed as much as I did. So without further ado, let's welcome the one and only Stephanie Armstrong. So good afternoon, uh, Stephanie. Welcome to the, another season of Wisdom of Friends. I'm really excited that you took some time to be on the show. And let me start off with my first impressions of you. And this was almost a decade ago when we first met in San Diego. And, uh, you know, what stood out for me about you was just your radiating joy and presence that you brought to the room. And and then uh, I've been following your uh, coaching practice and your evolution as to, you know, changing career tracks from uh, corporate America to starting your own endeavors and then going back to school and uh, studying executive leadership and then starting a nonprofit. And we'll talk about that uh, as we go through. But really, it has been just and, and I've been reading your blog as well. And it's such a radical honesty and transparency that you share. I mean, it's mm. so refreshing. So I just wanted to say welcome to the show. I'm so excited that uh, you took some time to be on the program. Uh, thank you so much. I'm super honored and excited that you reached out, and I am excited to reconnect with you in this way. I love what you're up to. Oh, thank you. And uh, one of the ways, uh, Stephanie, we start off our show is by asking a simple and a profound question of our guest, and that is, what is your favorite quote or philosophy that you live by, and how have you applied it to your life? Ah, well, that's an easy one for me. And it's very simple. Three words. I choose love. And I came across these three words at probably about 10 years ago. They've become my North Star in life. And while they seem very simple, the concept seems like 
probably very simple to live by. I have found over the last 10 years that it's deeply complex, that choosing love in each moment um, is actually a, a challenge that I'm sure will last me this lifetime. Um, it has guided me through um, some challenging times. It has been my North Star as I build my business, um, as I grow in my family, and as I grow personally. So I choose love. I like that. And, uh, <laughs> you know, love is indeed the answer. I think, uh, you know, it's uh, we have we've had a couple of other guests on the show here who also have had their philosophy as love being the dominant theme of their life. And uh, as you recall, I've written a book almost five years ago called The Seven Symphonies of Extraordinary Love, a blueprint yes. for world peace. And, uh, you know, I strongly believe in love as well. I think that is the that is the answer to all our uh, problems and uh, challenges that uh, we as uh, citizens of this global uh, planet Earth that we call. And, uh, you know, it's, it's something that can uh, bring us together. Now, my next question to you is I, I've been you know, researching your background, and I know that you've taken some radical steps in altering and choosing a career that totally is in tune with your calling and profession. I know you were working for corporate America at some one point, and then you decided to uh, move on to starting your own nonprofit organization. And it seems like that's your, that's been your calling. Yes. And uh, the question that I have for you is oftentimes we get these uh, uh, queries from our audience saying, you know, how do we know what our passion is? How do we know what our purpose or what are we meant to do? So my question to you is, how did your journey unfold? Like, how did you realize your passion for doing what you're doing? Mm, great question. And uh, the quick answer would be to just take the next right step. I feel very grateful and lucky to be doing work today that I believe in, that lights me up, that um, that I am truly, truly passionate about. And uh, first off, this didn't happen overnight. Uh, this has been a 10-year journey. This has maybe been a journey that's even longer than that. Um, but what it how I started was taking the next right step. I was working in corporate America. I was feeling like there was just something more to life. Like I had uh, a lot of the things that were those check marks of things that look good or what we're supposed to do and accomplish. Um, and, and I still felt this yearning. And so I was having a conversation with my boss at the time, the marketing director at, at the corporation I was working with. And I was telling her this and I was just very honest. And she said, you know, I, I think there's an organization that you might like. Um, she was asking me what I wanted to do. And I, I, I told her that I had a, an idea that I wanted to work with teen girls. And I started uh, through that conversation volunteering with an organization in San Diego that did um, these big leadership-oriented events for teen girls in the area. And one thing led to another. I, from volunteering there, um, I became a very regular volunteer and I ended up meeting a speaker at, um, one of their events who I really enjoyed. And I went up to him after the, 
after his talk and said, um, I love what you're doing. If there's any way that I could help you, um, I work in marketing, maybe I could, you know, support you, send some emails and, um, whatever you need, I, I could do that. And lo and behold, about three months later, he and his business partner, um, the founders of Teen Truth Live and one of the North America's premier school assembly companies, um, they asked me to quit my job and to start traveling around the U.S. and Canada doing school assemblies on body image and self-esteem. And that at the time was very scary. I had no background in public speaking. I had no background in education. Um, all I had was this little seed of passion. And I leaned on that. I left the security of a corporate job um, to pursue uh, this more entrepreneurial path. And truly, I have not looked back. It has been very challenging at times. Um, I have doubted um, that I could really build a life doing what I believe in. And um, with each step, this fire in me has strengthened. And in 2013, I started my nonprofit, Heart of Leadership in San Diego, um, which had a few wonderful years um, serving the teen girls and adult women um, mentors in that community, um, helping girls to navigate the pressures of our achievement culture so that they can truly rise as, um, as leaders in, in our world and in our communities and that they can build, um, vibrant and sustainable futures. So I, I have found, um, to my, to my delight and somewhat surprised that even as a new mom, I have a one-year-old daughter and, um, I've noticed that, you know, a month, three weeks into her life, I was, um, feeling that, that fire in me still to, to go back to the work, to be present to my life as a mom and, um, to keep kindling the fire of my work. So I'm very grateful, uh, to be on this path. Great. Excellent. That's such a beautiful share right there. And I think a couple of lessons that I can, uh, I think our audience can take away from your sharing here is one that you know, you don't need to know exactly how it's all going to unfold before taking the first step. It's just got to, you just got to follow your inspiration. And, Absolutely. Sec and secondly, you got to be audacious. You got to be bold in taking that first step in the sense yeah. what you did was just incredible. I mean, you went and had showed courage to have that conversation with your boss and I mean, being vulnerable to say, this is what I really want to do. And, and what a blessing that, that, that she recommended this uh, organization for you where then you went in said I'll be willing to do whatever you want me to do like help out and and that led to new opportunities and yeah. uh, it's amazing is is to like how just following your uh, little bits of inspiration that we get in our lives i mean that can lead to a whole nother destiny and you were a shining example of that so thank you for sharing that and for the audience here uh, Stephanie Armstrong is a coach and she's uh, specializes in working with moms and teens and helping families come of age together she has walked through her own fires and has inspired hundreds of women with a radical transparency about her experiences and uh, so my question to you is Stephanie 
what did your parents do and how did that shape your life growing up? Mm, so professionally, uh, my father was an attorney and my mom, uh, she went back to school early on in my childhood. Um, and mostly she was at home with us. She, she was supporting our family and fulfilling what we wanted to in the world. Um, she was an English major and, and I, I guess from, from a very young age, I wanted to be an English major and then an attorney. So <laughs> I wanted to be, to be like them, but, um, what did they do to help, um, you know, give us up, give me the foundation to, to build, um, my life from, I mean, my parents were incredibly devoted. They, um, they really truly gave my brother and I everything, um, that they could to, whether it was, um, you know, the best coaches to the best schools. Um, they, they truly sacrificed for us. And, um, I think the greatest lesson that I, that I learned from them were, um, was, was around, um, generosity and truly being of service. Like they laid down their lives for us and, um, and they still do. They're great grandparents. And um, I'm not going to paint a picture that it was always easy. Um, they, during, I, I do the work that I do uh, with teenagers because of um, the great opportunity and the great struggle that I experienced during my own teen years. And um, we went through the fire, my parents and I at times, and, um, you know, they've stood by me through it and, and they support my work and they support who I am as I, as, as a person and a, and a mom. No, that is so beautiful. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you recall this, this was like, you know, we were sitting at a coffee shop in San Diego and you were so excited, uh, that, uh, that evening and I asked you like Stephanie what's going on and you said my, you just spoke to your dad and he said that uh, my daughter's going to change the world and and, mm. and and that really like you know lit you up and I now I can like I mean it's amazing that how far you've come and I, you've definitely made them proud I'm pretty sure about that and that's such such an incredible journey that you've gotten on and so so the other question that comes up is, you know, having been through uh, this ebb and flow of life, when you look back at your life now, what would you say were some of the turning points in your life? Mm. Wow. I'd say the major turning point in my life was um, in 2006, I had my dream job, really. I was working at a um, startup, Condé Nast Magazine, called Domino. I worked for the publisher. It was um, just so much fun. It was everything that, as an English major, I would have wanted. And and um, I, was I was about to get married to my high school sweetheart. I was um, engaged to a wonderful man who I had um, been together with for a number of years. I loved him very much. And, um, I was moving to San Diego to, to join him where he lived. And by most, uh, accounts, 
my life was, was great. I, I was doing, and I had all of the things that one should do and have to be happy. And I faced myself. I looked myself in the mirror and really realized that I was not happy. I had been harboring an eating disorder for 10 years um, that had grown out of my high school experience and my life as a very intensely competitive swimmer. Um, I had kept it a secret and I chose to to tell my then fiance about it who um, helped me start to get the help that I needed to get well. And it was in facing this very painful path of recovery that my um, entire life fell apart. Um, My fiance and I broke up. I ended up changing jobs. I lost, um, the, the group of friends that I had from high school had chosen to go a separate way. And, and I really did feel like I had lost everything in life. And, um, it was a very, I was on the ground. I had hit the bottom. Um, and from that place, I started to put back um, my life in in a new way. I started to order things um, in a way that really mattered to me. Um, I did the very hard work to face some of my own demons and and some of the things that I wasn't proud of or things that I wasn't doing as well as I'd like to. Um, and so that was my real reckoning. So. Um, the biggest turning point in my life was, uh, was facing the dark parts of myself and integrating them, um, to become who I am today. Now that is, uh, that is indeed great. And, and I'm looking at your bio here and you mentioned that as a former it girl who seemed seemingly had it all, but was secretly crumbling on the inside. And she knows the heavy burden of teenage years and perfectionism and also knows the joy that comes from discovering the whole self and uh, seems like that must have been the phase that uh, you went through uh, when you had that uh, little bit of a reckoning if you will as you said so how did you build back your life what lessons or how did you overcome it and uh, what can you share with our audience uh, uh, who could be listening to this and going through a similar crisis or situation of that sort and they are looking for inspiration? Great question. And the short answer is again, just it's what is the next right step? I I think if whether you're looking for what's my great passion in life or how am I going to get through this great challenge? How am I going to get myself out of this hole? Um, we tend to need to, to want to know all the answers. And life just doesn't give us those. Um, so in each moment, in each day, it's what can I do now? And um, that's what I did. And, and my process took a, a good 10 years. Um, I'm, I'm realizing today in 2007, September of 2017, that um you know, it's only in the last couple years that I've really started to feel really sturdy in my foundation, um, that I feel fully recovered from my eating disorder and, um, in a way that it, it's not something that, that is in my, 
my life and my thinking anymore. So, um, you know, we want these things to happen overnight. I know I did. I wanted to start the nonprofit overnight. I wanted to have, um, a life that I was passionate about overnight. I know as a 20 something, I wanted to, you know, have a career that I really believed in, um, overnight. And, and it's really been having the resilience and the patience and the steadfastness to, to do what needs to be done each day. No, I like that. And it's, it's such a <clears throat> important thing to remember that uh, Rome wasn't built in a day, as they say, and a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. And I think what you just shared is incredible in the sense that, you know, it's, it's about taking those uh, baby steps towards it, following your inspiration, following the inside, following those signs that you get. And sometimes it can take a decade for like these radical shifts that we want to kind of have in our life. And, and that's, uh, that's so great. So my next question to you is, uh, what, you know, uh, taking a step down the memory lane here and, uh, who were your mentors growing up or whom did you look up to that you wanted to emulate? And, uh, what specifically about these people fascinated you? Mm. Well, I'll tell you about two people. <clears throat> The first was Summer Sanders. She was an Olympic swimmer. She went to Stanford. And as a little girl, I just thought she was everything. Um, I wanted to be her. I wanted to hang out with her anytime that there was an opportunity for her to interact with her fans. I was there. I think at one point I had a swim lesson from her, which was just the best. And what drew me to her was um, she she is and always was uh a hard worker, clearly, as an Olympic swimmer. Um, she did the work that it took to be successful. And she had a brightness about her. She had a just a radiant um, quality to her that really drew people in. And, and, I, and, I, and I certainly was one of those. Um, the second person um, is actually uh, somebody who's a very, very dear friend of mine. Um, she served as the, as the president of the Heart of Leadership Board. Um, and her name is Mary Kay Durant. And um, it was interesting, I think about maybe seven or eight years ago, I remember praying for a mentor, like uh, in over a period of a few months, it was just, you know, God, will you please like show me or like, just send me a mentor or send me somebody in my life who can help, you know, show me, um, how to do all this. And, and over a few years, Mary Kay and I developed a friendship and, um, she has been, um, the greatest mentor I could imagine. She has um, championed my dreams. She's listened deeply to what I care about. Um, she's given me guidance. She's taught me what she knows um, about partnership, about leadership. Um, she's worked in very high-level um, executive positions. Um, and she's taught me about what it means to live and lead from the heart. Um, and, and we've developed a very deep friendship through that period. So, um, yeah, she, she's definitely the mentor that comes to mind. 
No, it's so great. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's no, uh, you know, the way to put it is like the, we are drawn to the people uh, with similar qualities. And if, if anybody listening, if you're looking up to people who have reached a certain level of uh, status or significance or success, know that you can be that person as well. And it's just a matter of time. And uh, again, the other aspect of what Stephanie just shared is, you know, uh, if you don't have a mentor, you can actually... Uh, Pray for it, and then somebody will show up in your life, and uh, and it's so great uh, that you mentioned that. Now, the other thing, uh, I understand you went back to school as well, correct, to pursue your exe- executive leadership. What was yeah. your inspiration in doing so? Ah, well, so I had started Heart of Leadership in 2011. Uh, it was it was started as a a girls group and yoga program. And, um, the name heart of leadership had come to me at the, um, at Maria Shriver's final women's conference. And, and I was look, I had been looking for a few years for programs, master's programs, business schools that felt like a match because I, I knew that while I had this dream and this passion, um, the business part of of what I needed to do with something I didn't feel confident in. So I looked at a number of schools over the years and, and while many of them seemed um, like they could be great helps, it wasn't until I came across the master's in executive leadership program at the university of San Diego, um, which was a program in partnership with the Ken Blanchard companies that I just got so lit up such a full yes And, um, I remember watching a video of Ken Blanchard talking about the program being one focused on heart centered leadership. And at the time I didn't actually know that that was a thing. (laughs) And, and so you can imagine my surprise of like heart of leadership, heart centered leadership. My goodness, this is amazing. And, and as I start, as I continued to listen to the video and him talk about um, leadership being something that happens from the inside out, that leadership, um, having leadership, having its genesis in values and, um, in our connection to ourself and each other that really spoke to me and, and that there was a business degree out there that came from this place was just a resounding yes for me. So I spent the next two years in a cohort of, um, 20 something people who have become great friends of mine, um, workshopping the business of heart of leadership. Well, that is so excellent. And Ken Blanchard, I mean, I'm a big fan of his and uh, all his work and books and programs. And, uh, you know, he's written the classic, which is the one minute manager that's, uh, that's been like, uh, one of my favorites for many, many years. And, uh, the next question is for you, uh, Stephanie, is like, I know you've traveled quite a bit. So what what are some of your hobbies and interests and what uh, places do you like to travel to? Mm, yes, travel is absolutely a hobby and interest of mine. Uh, so it's funny, again, while I was starting to think about what it was, this life that I wanted to live, like as I left um, corporate in 2008, uh, I... I got my first life coach and she would ask me things like, well, you know, what are the qualities of the life that you would like to live and what do you really want? And this, 
this saying, this mantra would keep coming to me of traveling in style and service, traveling in style and service. And um, it's funny now because I have looked around at times ago, like I'm doing that. I am traveling in service and, um, and of course in style at times. And um, so I got to travel all over the US and Canada and, and out to Asia when I was speaking. Um, I think it, we ended up, I ended up speaking to audiences of like hundred or 200,000, um, to, over that five years. And, um, that was just a true gift to be able to do. And I look forward to the time that my, um, that I get to do that again. I, I know that there will be a time in the future when I will be traveling for work, um, and speaking, um, again. And, and then, I mean, hobby-wise, my husband and I love to travel insofar as we have chosen to, over the next nine months, move to Todos Santos, Mexico. Um, it's a place that calls to both of us, the, the surfing, the arts, the culture there um, have all been very inviting to us in past trips. So we'll be going there while our daughter is um, learning language and uh, just we'll, we'll, we'll get to acclimate to a new culture. So, um, we do love to travel. I recently picked up surfing. I spend a lot of time outdoors hiking, um, in our, by around our home in Marin, um, which is where I'm based full time. And, um, gosh, you're still practicing yoga and, uh, I, I do. I, I do. It, I don't necessarily go to a lot of yoga classes, um, but I look at the practice of yoga as something that is integrated into my life. And um, I'll practice at home. At, in Marin, I, I did a lot of soul cycle. <laughs> um, and, and I read a ton. I, I have my new Kindle. Um, I I'm always reading. I'm always listening to a podcast. Um, I just have a thirst for learning and development. So I'd say those are probably the biggest hobbies of mine. Great. And talking about reading, any uh, books that you'd like to recommend uh, for our audience, any books that you've read uh, uh, over and over again yes. and have gifted it to uh, people in your life? So many, yes. Um I recently gifted All About Love by Bell Hooks, um, anything by Brene Brown. I'm currently reading her new book, Braving the Wilderness. I thought Love Warrior by um, Glennon Doyle was radically transparent and very um, groundbreaking in that way. Uh, I recently listened again to Big Magic, which is um, a a great support and anyone that wants to be courageous in their creativity. Um, and the artist way is a process that I've been through a couple times. Mm. Now these are uh, great uh, books. Some of my favorites as well, uh, the morning pages. And I mean, we'll include all of that in our show notes uh, for, uh, for the benefit of the audience. Uh, my next question to you, Stephanie, is uh, now having seen life, having traveled, having uh, experienced the ebb and flow of life, what would you say is your definition of a successful life or a good life? Mm, definition of a successful life. 
It begins with a foundation of health and wholeness, and its purpose is service, and its expression is joy. Mm, I like that. Uh, wholeness and expression of joy. Such a beautiful share. Um, my next question is, and let, this is let's this is a hypothetical situation, Stephanie. Let's say we have a time machine, and if you could go back in time and talk to your young self, what mm. advice would you give her? Let me think about that one for a second. What age? Uh, teen, maybe nineteen. Teen. Okay, teen. The advice that I would give my teen self is first, like, I so see how hard you work. Like, you are a hard and dedicated worker. Um, you're talented, and um, I, I recognize how committed you are to achieving the results that you want to achieve. I'd also say... Um, That although I know that it's the scariest thing in the world for you, um, please find that person, the one or two people in your life who you can totally be yourself with and that you can share um, your challenges with, who can help help you through your challenges. Um, if you need to, pray for that mentor um, or find that mentor in your life who who will accept you and who does accept you exactly exactly as you are. Um, because those people are out there. Um, along those lines, like, life is not meant to be done alone. And it is in secrecy and isolation that darkness festers, um, that our pain festers, and that when we bring it out into the light and share it, um, when we are able to, to share what we're going through with safe people, with people that we trust, that... Um, that our pain can no longer fester and um, that we really can be set free. Um, and the last would be, and I don't think I would have listened to myself, but, but, but I, but I would tell myself to take time to relax and to enjoy life. Like life is long. Um, but you have plenty of time to have, a job or multiple jobs and that, um, some of the greatest parts of youthfulness is play and allow yourself that. Wow. I like that. That's beautiful. Now moving on to our next section of our interview here, and this is uh, the questions that we've gotten uh, received from our audience. And, uh, just for the benefit of the audience, Stephanie has, uh, been, you know, she's been a public speaker. She has spoken in schools and conferences around the country. She has spoken to almost over 200,000 teen girls, parents, and experts about self-esteem and body image and among other important issues for women and girls. So, uh, my first question to you is, uh, this is really about the mindset and habits that champions have. And I know you said you uh, really wanted to be uh, like the swim Olympic swim champion while growing up. So my question to you is, what stops people, in your opinion, from achieving their full potential? Hmm. What stops people in achieving their full potential 
is, I have to think about this for one minute. What stops people in achieving their full potential is not building a sustainable life. So when you're, we're talking about workaholics, um, or for me as a, as a young swimmer was just so single focused on my practices and my competition and my, my swimming career that I lost sight of who I was as a whole person. Um, so I started to ignore, um, other fears I had, other insecurities I had, um, unhealth that I was experiencing, even injuries that I had, I was trying to swim through and our bodies are, are full of our, our genius and, um, they're constantly speaking to us and telling us what we need. Um, so I really do believe that, that to be successful, um, we need to be honest with ourselves, building from a healthy whole foundation. I like that. And I think it's so true because, you know, you can only go so far with a single pointed focus and uh, not care about other areas of our life. Because when we look at our lives that are literally, I mean, there are many dimensions to life, but the four that come to mind is, you know, our spiritual dimension, our mental and intellectual dimension, our emotional dimension, and of course, our physical health. So ignoring any of those uh, aspects of life is can be uh, really challenging in pursuit of what our mission is, what our purpose is. So uh, that's such a great point. My next question to you is, uh, what is the biggest lesson or insight that you've learned about life? Or what was the best piece of advice that you've received? Slow down. Slow down. Just slow down. Um, whether I'm in a stressful situation and I don't know how to react, slow down. Um, if I'm watching my daughter, like crawl around and just discover the world, slow down, um, enjoy it, be present, savor the moment. I, and the, the one time that really comes into focus the most is, um, on our wedding day, people say that day goes so fast and I made, um, the real intention, the conscious choice prior to that day to be present to each moment that I could. And I, I really did feel like I was able to soak it in. So yeah, slow down and um, choose, choose to be present as much as we can. Mm, I like that living in the present moment and slowing it down. That's so true. And so such a valuable insight. Um, my next question to you, Stephanie, is I know you're also a coach. Uh, and uh, life coaching can be one of the best investments that, you know, we can make for our lives. I know you've had a coach, I've had a coach, and, uh, you know, it really, really pays big dividends. So what's, uh, now that you're a coach yourself, and you coach the teens and moms, and so walk us through your coaching process in a, at a high level. What what exactly is your process like? Yes, absolutely. So for starters, Coaching is a co-creative process. It's a partnership between myself and my client. So each one of my coaching relationships looks different because the client brings what they need and what they want, um, their current skill sets and who they are. And we together create the most 
beneficial partnership. Um, that looks like with some people I'm coaching on the phone. Um, we have 40 minute to an hour and 15 minute sessions, um, once a week or once every other week to, I am also now building a customized mother and daughter retreat. For instance, um, I have one coming up in a couple weeks, um, where a mother and a daughter will come from another state and we'll do a real in-depth deep dive with them to help strengthen that bond um, as, as the teen enters high school. And, um, and then the other coaching that I'll do is group facilitation. I find that um, especially for teens, like the groups, uh, work so well because what girls find when they come together from different schools or different friend groups is that they're all going, they all have a similar experience with some of the things that they're going through. And just knowing that they're not alone, um, can give, can give them a freedom and confidence to take new chances, to use their voice and, um, to really pursue, what they, what matters most to them in their lives. Now, that is so great. And also, uh, you provide coaching to uh, teen girls and moms and also mentors. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. And that birthed out of my work with Heart of Leadership. I One of the surprises that I found was that when I started working with teens, um, many other adult women came to me because they also wanted to work with teens. And so I found, um, as a founder and executive director that I would actually get to be working with the adult women in my community to find out what was it about working with teens that really ignited them? What did they want to share? What gifts did they have to bring? Um, and through that found, um, a coaching process. And that has, uh, formalized some now that I am focusing on my one and one-on-one coaching where, um, if there is a woman who already works with teens or has it on her heart that she wants to start an organization or a program for teens in her community, um, that I, that I help, uh, bring, I help her bring that to life in the ways that matter to her. No, it's so great. And then uh, what special advice would you give to teen girls and uh, young women who are hungry for the same kind of transformation transformation that you've experienced in your life? Hmm. What advice would I give to teen girls? Hmm. It depends on the girl. They're all, while they share such a similar, well, they share similar experiences, um, I really find that that what comes up with each girl is is unique. So I don't have one one blanket piece of advice for teens in general. Okay, fair enough. And uh, and those uh, who want to find out more about Stephanie, uh, you can go to her website. It's ichooselove.com. And uh, she, uh, you can look at her some of the coaching offerings that she has on her site. Um, moving on to our next section, this is the rapid fire round uh, section, uh, Stephanie. This is uh, where I'm going to ask you a bunch of uh, quick questions, and it's the first response that comes to your mind. 
And of course, if you want to elaborate on it, feel free to do so. But again, this is the rapid fire round. So are you ready? Great. Ready. All right. So the first question for you is, who's your favorite music band? Dave Matthews. Hmm. What color describes you best? Yellow. Do you believe in magic? Yes, absolutely. If you could have witnessed one event in history, what would that be? Oh, good question. The 60s in San Francisco. Mm. The five most important things in life, according to you. Five most important things in life are healthy relationships, um, connecting with people that we, that we trust and that we can be ourselves with is number one. Present presence, courage, compassion, and truth, authenticity. Oh, I like that. That's beautiful. Um, next question. If you could ask God one question, what would that be? Hmm. If I could ask God one question... It would be the question that I that I ask often. Where would you have me go? What would you have me do? What would you have me say and to whom? Mm. And then the final question uh, within the rapid fire round here, it is if you could have any message of your choice on a billboard, what would that be? Choose love. <laughs> That's your life's theme. That's your life uh, <laughs> life's through line. I choose love. I love that. Yep. Okay, and then this is moving on to a wrap-up section, and this is, I've just got three more questions for you, and the first question is, what is your current personal or business passion project, or what are you looking forward to in the next six months to a year from now? Mm, I have a few great questions. So I'm very much looking forward to uh, a teen event that Heart of Leadership is putting on in partnership with the women's co-working space called the Hivery in Mill Valley, California. And that is going to be a day-long event for high school girls on finding balance and navigating stress. So I'm, I'm excited to get back into the event space with teens. I'm also loving... Um, coaching teens, moms, and mentors one-on-one. So continuing to, to serve that practice and nurture that practice as well. And my real passion project is uh, my books. So I have been writing a book. It's about two-thirds finished. And um, when that sees its final edit, that will, um, I will I will really feel like a, a good sense of accomplishment. And um, yeah, that's going to be a, a, a big passion brought to life. Absolutely. I uh, wish you all the best. And uh, 
you know, good luck with the publishing of the book and everything. And I know it's such a big endeavor having gone through it myself. It's uh, it's definitely uh, challenging and uh, definitely let me know if I can help out in any way with that. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And then uh, three things you're grateful for in life today. Three things I'm grateful for in life today is you and this conversation. Thank you so much for reaching out and thinking of me and, um, and thank you for the, this space that you create, like you're such, um, you're such a space for greatness for people to show up and share the best of themselves. And the way that you remembered, like that conversation I had with my dad, um, that was so touching. So thank you for, for being that space in my life and, um, for being that in the, in the lives of all your listeners and, and future guests. Um, I am also grateful for my health and I'm grateful for the people in my life, the nearest and dearest to walk with me through the great celebrations and the great challenges that make life what it is. Oh, that is, uh, thank you. Very, very kind of you to say that. Is there, this has been really excellent. And is there anything that I have not asked that you would like to share with our audience? I feel complete. No, thank you so much. This is, this is really fun. Awesome. So I want to acknowledge you, Stephanie, for a few things here. One is that, you know, like really that audacious step that you took walking into your boss's office that day and having that conversation about choosing to follow your passion, choosing to follow your calling, just that one step has made such a profound difference in the lives of so many girls, so many moms, and it's going to continue to do so going forward. And what a what an amazing uh contribution that you are to our lives and to the community and to society and and I'm really excited that you know you're writing uh, your book now and uh, the amazing experiences that you've had and you're going to share even more with our audience and 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 what a joy that you bring to the world so I really really want to say thank you for being you and I look forward to uh, seeing some amazing amazing uh, more accomplishments uh, from you uh, uh, in this uh, in this world so really really excited for you Mm, thank you and then final question and this is how we wrap up all our interviews and this is why do you think people should listen to the wisdom of friends what you're doing evokes greatness and passion in the world and if you can turn on something um in your car or while you're running um or doing anything that you that you do on your phone choose to turn on something that inspires you, that will bring you closer to what matters to you in your life. And this is a great opportunity to do that. Awesome. Thank you so much for uh, uh, for that uh, candid answer. And I really valued our conversation here today, Stephanie. And uh, this has really been great. And for those of us who are listening, with that, we'll wrap it up. And if you like what you heard, please share. Don't be shy. Thanks for listening to the Wisdom of Friends show with Cal Aras. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address, theglobalcontribution.com. To your friends and colleagues, be sure to check out our archive section on our website for previous episodes. This has been a Seven Symphonies production. Join us next time for another edition of the Wisdom of Friends.